0: Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents the Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by the Sky Lounge and Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Ale Hop Brewery Tours, and Jesse Moffat Entertainment. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment conversations and has been recognized by the Sioux Falls Stage Awards with a special distinction for promoting the arts. A true lover of arts, entertainment. Good food and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome, everybody.
1: So great to have you along, and thank you for listening. No matter when or where you do, I am grateful for the opportunity to bring you great arts and entertainment conversations in the Sioux Empire. For those of you that are not familiar with the Sioux Empire, It's the metro area around Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which goes into uh, three different states. It's South Dakota, Iowa, Minnesota, a little tri-state region, and uh, we enjoy it. It's good living here, but uh, don't take my word for it. Take the word of many thousands that have been coming here. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, when I grew up, uh, I remember a population sign for Sioux Falls being 80000 something. Now it's over 200,000, so stop. We like it here by ourselves. No, we would love to have you. Anyway, what we'd love to have on you on this show is to hear about all the great things that take place on episode number 122 when they said it wouldn't last. Those conversations that I mentioned include image consultant Sheila Anderson in just a few minutes and then later in the show from the Insiders Band, songwriter Ray Pearson, And the newly acquired drummer, who just happens to be an old friend of mine, Darren Mathis. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, aka Weekend Eve.
0: Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here.
1: So long, hump day, and your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near, and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty, we can't wait for Friday. So a day early, we start the party. All right, lift them high, no matter what you're drinking. Would determine the type of glassware you might be using. Or maybe it's just a plastic tumbler, who knows? Maybe it's a red Solo cup. I'm not quite ready to toast to spring, But what I will toast to is Daylight Saving Time. Forever! I happen to like it because it's grilling season. In fact, the Firefly Oasis will have a new grill arriving this weekend. The ironic thing is is that Daylight Saving Time is not the actual time. It's an hour ahead of what would be beginning of time time. So a second toast to the fact that we'll be an hour ahead the rest of our lives, or at least until the government changes their mind. The Weekend Eve Toast has been brought to you by Ale Hop Brewery Tours. You know, it's March Madness. That continues yet uh, for another week and a half or two weeks maybe. But in downtown Sioux Falls, it is mash madness. Your chance to vote for the best local brew. Here's a unique fun, and safe way to enjoy MASH Madness. Book a private tour with Ale Hot Brewery Tours. Let Jason drive you in that very groovy van, baby. Ale Hot Brewery Tours will take you to any or all of the participating craft breweries. And if you book a tour on alehotbrewerytours.com, make sure to use the promo code MASHMADNESS22. And 22 is just the numeral, so it's mashmadness two in the numeral style, and get 10% off your tour for the rest of this month, Ale Hot Brewery Tours, where micro fans meet micro brews. Honorable Honorable Mention. 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 Midtown Coffee Radio Hour live recording is tonight at 7 in the back alley of the Commons on the lovely Augustana University uh, campus. Now, since I'm a part of that show, I highly suggest you take it in, obviously. It's a a, a very nice uh, ticket price. Twelve bucks is what it's going to cost you. The podcast uh, calendar's been mighty full of late around here, so I didn't get a chance to have any fellow castmates on. Uh, But despite me, it's actually a great cast. And tonight's guests include fellow podcaster Local Lou, who was just a blast to be around. She's going to talk about some Sioux Falls and South Dakota history. And the amazing Eric Miller will be on acoustic guitar. It'll be a great show, no doubt about that. We've got a very good lineup for you the rest of the way out here. Because we happen to have image consultant Sheila anderson coming up in just a little bit and then later on in the show it's songwriter and keyboardist ray pearson and drummer darren mathis from the insiders band it's all ahead on the Dave Holly Hour, sure they have darts, and you've heard me talk about how ruggedly handsome the trivia host is. But all caps fun never stops at the Sky Lounge and Tea. And fun is best had with your friends, enjoying live entertainment, as in live and local. Yeah, the Sky Lounge believes in giving you the best bands, solo artists, and comedians from the area: the Neo Johnsons, Elizabeth Hunstead, Skylar Volks, as well as many others. And a great staff will make sure you enjoy your fun at the Sky Lounge in T-South Dakota. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys... It's okay to treat yourself, too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463.
2: He's a bit flirtatious, but most of all, fun. Here is Dave Holy.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I know I get to be a broken record, but it's just so fun to always say it that it is always a pleasure To talk arts and entertainment and culture here on the Dave Holly Hour. And today, it's a first time guest. First time I have met her in person. And you're going to have a blast with her, too. Sheila Anderson, how are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. So happy to be here and meet you for the first time.
1: Likewise. Yeah. We've been friends on Facebook for a while, back and forth. And then one of the last times, you said something about, you know, I hope to meet you in person someday. And then our mutual friend chimed in, Roberta Clemens, who was your husband's cousin cousin, and is one of my best friend's mother. And she goes, why no, David?
2: Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yeah, it is a small world, that's true. Especially in South Dakota. (laughs) No doubt.
1: Yeah, even more so when it comes to this area. That's for sure. Wanted to have you on anyway. Um, And then this just made it a great excuse to get together. The reason I wanted to have you on is you are an image consultant. You're an author. You have uh, been uh, with the SME and so forth. So you've got a lot of things going on. And one of the things that uh, I love to talk about is branding and image. And you are top notch in all that.
2: Well, thank you. I, um, I have enjoyed my time as a, uh, you know, personal brand and corporate branding and helping people look and feel their best so they look and feel confident wherever they are.
1: How did it start for you?
2: You know I kind of take it back to like growing up Mm -hmm. so how things appeared aesthetically mattered to me um, from you know rearranging my bedroom to putting outfits together from a you know really young age so I'm very artistic Um, by nature I just kind of I've been an art chick at heart forever. I think I was born that way. So
1: in fact, weren't you a graphic design I, in college?
2: I did. I majored in graphic design. So this is kind of funny. In my sophomore year of high school, I went to my mom and I said, Hey, I want to be an interior designer. And she said, Well, I'm not sure how much money you can make. You might want to think of something now. So I said, Well, okay, graphic design. So that sounded fun to me because I remember you know growing up and you're passing um you know, the road signs and all the, you know, coming into new towns and you see all the new road signs. And I remember like looking at road signs and not maybe really remembering the message that they said, but like how they laid it out. Like, why did they pick that color? Look at that picture they mm. used. So, um, it was interesting to me, but, um, and then like the early nineties, I've always, you know, had, uh, struggled with my weight my entire life. Um, And kind of felt less than a lot of times. And so I just really kind of became my own art project and tried to figure out how to put myself together because I I was creative.
1: (laughs) I relate to that very well, having one time weighed 420 pounds. And it's just, uh, it's tough. Um, And I know that there's you know things that you do to make yourself look better, to feel better. Uh, You know, one of the things that uh, despite the weight... And at one point having a size 54 waist Mm -hmm. uh, was I always prided myself that I was going to look good and be groomed well, uh, smell good, (laughs) and make sure that I wore my pants where they should be worn, yeah, not not (laughs) under a a big belly and so forth. (laughs) And so that was always kind of my gift to myself was, okay, if you're going to be big, At least be the best looking guy there is.
2: Well, because it does, you know, clothes do send a message to your brain, right? How you feel and and, uh, set your mindset up for the day and and everything. So, you know, I, at that time I was happy being a plus size. It wasn't like I, you know, okay, you have to lose a bunch of weight to look good. I'm like, how am I going to dress my body and feel better? Mm Mm-hmm um that i'm presenting my best self, right? No matter what size i am. And so i think that's, you know, i'm happy i went through that because it's so relatable to so many people. And um i you know, i've walked that walk. Yeah, <laughs> i have been there.
1: I'm so happy to see that we have a trend now of more body acceptance Absolutely. and that uh, people of plus size can have a great body image. Mm-hmm. And therefore because of that have a great self-consciousness and you know be inner beauty as well and let the inner beauty come out at the same time.
2: Yeah, because it, you know growing up it wasn't that way, right? I had cut out oh, pictures yeah. out of oh. all those magazines and taped them up all over my wall and and that made an impression of what I thought the perfect woman should look like because I looked at those pictures every day hanging on my wall and that you know, form this warped opinion of what I thought was beautiful, because that's what society thought was beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's what the magazines put out. And yeah. shame on them. You
1: know, I, I've recently dipped my toes into doing some stand-up comedy. Yeah. And over the weekend, I was thinking, uh, as I was headed to an event, wasn't performing, but I knew it was going to run into some friends. Uh And uh, one always compliments me. And uh so I, I was thinking, you know, when he compliments me, what do I want to say? And it made me think of a new bit that I could do for comedy. And that would be, you know, those awkward years where you're overweight, you've got some zits and all this and so forth. And you're so worried and you don't think you're good looking. And I'm going to say, but if I'd have known it at 59, I was going to be this ruggedly handsome, I never would have worried.
2: <laughs> That's true. <best laughs> <room. laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes yeah. it takes us a while to embrace that which, true which, which yeah. is um, very
1: very true but uh you know it, it everything's going to be okay that's right uh, and i'm glad like i said that the society's getting a little bit better yes. uh, the acceptance yeah. of acceptance uh, of people of plus size Absolutely. and it, it's great to see it in tv commercials now too because mm-hmm. i think they were kind of the last bastion of uh, being able to go, oh, you know, maybe we should represent all people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- thank God for that, uh, that that's uh, come along. All right, uh, so when it comes to branding and image, what do you like to do for a company or an individual? You know, a small business, a, a big corporation? what is it that you want to go in and just knock them dead with
2: yeah so this is where i start with people whether it's corporate branding or personal branding it's coming up with that brand personality so if i were to ask five of your closest friends what words come to mind when they think of you what would they tell me oh and if i were to ask a complete stranger that just you know just meets you like hey what are some words that you would use to describe this person that you've just met just looking at them visually or interacting with him just for a few minutes, you know, what are those words you think they would tell me? And and sometimes it's easier for us to think about what are those words you never want used to describe you. Mm-hmm. And most people haven't given it that much thought. So I always say that you are the chief experience officer of you, right? Being with you should be some type of an experience and leave people yearning for more of you. So if you think about whatever those words or those those um, brand personality words that you want people to use to describe you, that's where you can start building your brand. And so how you communicate with people, what your marketing materials look like, how you put yourself together, if you're a corporation, how your executive leaders or or your whole team treat people has to tie back to those words. So if some, you know, maybe you're um, empathetic, right? Right. Um, so that has a certain look. There's certain colors that sh- um, showcase more empathy. There's mm-hmm. certain font styles that um, you know have a little bit more uh, nurturing to them. So, and the words you choose, how you put your website together, just how you present yourself. Different clothing styles can say nurturing or compassionate. So. Um, that's where I love to start with people and it gets people thinking. And then, you know, ask other people, you know, ask some mentors or leaders in your life or family members or friends and just start gathering, like, how am I coming across? You know, that just gives a good pulse. I call it check your BP, check your brand pulse (laughs) with people to do like a BP check once a year. Am I coming across the way I want to come across? And have some type of strategy. I think that's where people... You know if there's something they don't do they're not very strategic about it they just you know they don't give it much thought how they're coming across um but it have some type of strategy because if you don't you risk people forming an, an impression or an opinion of you that may not be accurate and it's easier for you to yeah, you know, <laughs> to guide that versus trying to clean it I, up
1: i have heard of you know the five people that you ask you know mm-hmm. what they think of you that are friends I had never thought of the other perspective. I like that twist of five strangers. You know, if I'm going to ask five strangers, what would they say about me? Mm -hmm. That uh, is is a big clue as to how you come off first, uh, which I'm sure uh, helps a lot of people once they've understood this when they go into a job interview, too, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. Yes. And it's good to learn. You, you know, if you're going into a job, Is, you're what, be is to it what, like
1: the first seven seconds or something? The, the opinion's been formed.
2: Yeah, that's um, it's not even that long anymore, Dave. Really? Right? It's it's milliseconds. Wow. And with today's world being so virtual, we mm-hmm. Google people before we meet them. So True. be really careful what you're showing up, how you're showing <laughs> up online. Be strategic about it, right? Have your LinkedIn profile filled out. And, um, you know, it doesn't, I think in today's world, Um, We have become more relaxed on, you know, the clothing that we wear to the office, right? And especially in the Midwest,
3: Mm -hmm. you know,
2: it's much more relaxed and people accept that more than, you know, being on Zoom or virtual calls, people accept it uh, a little bit more, but you still need to put yourself together, right? You still need to show up for the day. You're still going to work, whether it's online or, or, you know in person.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, we took casual Friday to mean the entire week.
2: Absolutely, yeah. and you know what, everybody's definition of casual is different. We understand- Precisely. Right, we understand what business looks like, business right. dress, we all get that. We all can, you know, it, we can picture that in our mind, but if somebody says, okay, my the event or the corporate dress code is business casual or casual, everybody's definition is different, and people have such a hard time defining that, and then, so then we have, like, the dress for the day which is a yeah. dress code. Well, everybody's like, well, what does that mean? I'm, if I'm meeting with this type of client versus this type of client, can I dress a little differently? But if you just know your style, it's so much easier, right? True. How you show up. You're going to show up consistently. People are going to start, um, you know, experiencing you the same each time, and that's what you want. Yeah,
1: right? there was a, a time in my life where I sold men's suits. and so know that. Yeah. So casual, casual to me was a pair of khakis. Yes. And I'd go to an event and somebody would say, well, you're dressed up. <laughs> so well, there's yeah. a great difference, no doubt.
2: Some people have a really hard time dressing down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, just as many people that have a hard time dressing yeah. up, there's a lot of people that have a hard time dressing down.
1: Yeah, it it it's it took like, me a while uh um, i, just
2: I unbutton, you know take the tie off or just roll up my sleeve and that's as far as i'll go right that's dressing yeah. down uh,
1: it took me a while but finally i accepted that jeans are now the casual uh in fact for many probably even the dress yeah it's it's that part of them uh so what do you suggest for individuals when it comes to their style you know, we talked about uh, what you should find out in terms of your image by asking the friends and so forth, or the strangers. Mm-hmm. But what about uh, when it comes to style and how they dress, how they appear and come across to everyone?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it starts with what are their goals, right? What are their goals for their career, for them personally? We talk through that first. So we have to, do, we kind of have to assess what's going on internally, and how clothing can help them, right? It's just, clothing's a tool. It's just a tool to help um, send a message, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's um, there's seven universal styles that I teach or that I talk about um, and that I've been trained in. And so each style sends a message, but there's different assessments that I kind of go through. And you know, each style one's very um, very casual, very friendly focused. Um, they don't like to dress up very much. You know, it's hard for them to you know it's hard for them to dress up. There's one that's very traditional, very business like. There's one that's um, very sophisticated, uh, very elegant. There's one that's very nurturing, nurturing and compassionate. And there's one that's very creative, artistic. They put everything and anything together and you think, wow, I would never think of wearing that. But somehow it works for them, right? We've always seen those people. <laughs> and there's some that, um, you know, charismatic dressing, right? Magnetic, right? Attraction dressing. And then the, the other one is very bold, very dramatic, very um, high fashion, And so, you know, depending on their goals and um, their body shape and lots of different things, just their body features, we figure out which style fits them best and for their brand that they want to, you know, portray. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just... Is like, hey, I'll just look at you and say, well, this would be great. This would be a great color for you. Well, it depends on the message you want to send, right? The whole color psychology is crazy. (laughs) That's a whole other episode, right?
1: All right. So this is pretty typical for what I wear. (laughs) And
2: I love your style. Oh,
1: thank you. (laughs) I totally do. I think you have. What what would you call it?
2: it? There's some creativeness to it right okay there's because you enjoy wearing um when i see you dress like on on social media it's always fun um it's a little creative Mm -hmm. you're not afraid of wearing color no Um, not at all right which which i uh i love that in men so um it's not super safe right (laughs) you you are you like to have fun and you i mean that's who you are your personality right
1: exactly yeah yeah, you so, you're pretty well nailed it. Good. Yeah. Uh, however, I have been doing the vests a lot lately, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, my wife and I call it the Iggy look. Uh, there's the TV show New Amsterdam, okay. and one of the doctors is uh, named Iggy, and he always has a vest on with a long sleeve shirt.
2: Yeah, that's it's great. Like,
1: oh, we're doing the Iggy again.
2: It's a great alternative to a, a sport coat or a, a suit. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's adding that third piece which adds way more interest to your outfit. Very so, true. There you go.
1: All right. So there's if Yay, you take Dave. away nothing else, add the third piece.
2: Add the third piece because most people don't. And <laughs> two. I'll just say two pieces is not an outfit.
1: Okay. Easy way to put it. Um, so this is a show about uh, arts and entertainment. Okay. And obviously the way people dress isn't art. Uh-huh. There, there's no doubt about that. And we see art all around it around us, uh, but when it comes to you going out and, uh, seeing, you know, live performances, not, not, I mean, yeah, obviously there's going to be costumes that are being on stage because the Mm -hmm. costume director's done that. But when you see people going to those or you see a band that's performing, Um, And I I think they would be an easy one to pick on because, you know, they've all got this uh, kind of rock star mentality Mm -hmm. as to what they need to look like on stage. What are some things that you see and maybe some common mistakes even?
2: That I see performers make?
1: Yes. When when it comes to how they're portraying their image.
2: Yeah, I think. Gosh, this is kind of a deep question. Um, I think there's. Not being intentional, right? I, sometimes I feel like they just put on. Um, I, I'm going to pick on country music a little bit. Okay. I love country music; that's my favorite genre. Okay, right? Um, but a lot of the guys are just like jeans, a t-shirt, and boots. Right.
1: Seems to be the flair of late. Seems yeah. to
2: be. But th- it's not a way to distinguish themselves. Right. They're not. It's not distinct. It's not a way for them to set themselves apart from everybody else. So I think sometimes people will just look start to start looking like everybody else. And that's not what I mean, I think they need to distinguish themselves more. Right. So and I see that more so maybe in the male singers versus the, the female singers. Mm-hmm. But I see a lot of just the T-shirt, boots, and jeans, which is fine, but you know, it, it. and the
1: trucker cap on backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: See, now you just nailed them. We should be a. We should be a, We should be a team. We Dave. can do we that. Can be a fashion team. We'll do that. <laughs> That's right. We can have Dave and shoe those top ten lists.
1: <laughs> you know, as you're talking about country artists and, and not distinguishing themselves. Well. See, one of my favorite of all time, the late Charlie Daniels, oh, and I was yeah. fortunate That's... to meet him one time. And when he passed away, uh, all the different pictures were on social media and so forth. And I kept one because it's like, that's Charlie. It was this royal purple, long sleeve Western shirt, but not any big scrawls or anything, and a white, big cowboy hat. And uh, it's like, that is an image. Mm-hmm. And that's one that sticks with you, too. You know, you, you see something like that and you go, that's cool. Mm -hmm. you know i might not be able to pull it off but by god he could you know
2: right and he probably obviously probably had those custom done yeah so no doubt that's a way to distinguish as well like have something custom made or you know branded to you maybe you do always wear purple or pick a color or whatever it is well i do
1: wear purple and burgundy a lot see my my theory is that burgundy is the one color that goes with everything
2: it does. It, it goes really does. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, people don't understand that. What do you mean? It's like, oh, come on. Think about it a little bit here, kids. <laughs> put yeah. it with navy. That looks good. Okay. Put it with black. Hey, that's nice. Put it with khaki. Oh, put it with olive. Wow. I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So
2: See?
1: Burgundy. That's the way we head.
2: We're a team. That we are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so how do you describe your own style?
2: Uh, this is good. Um, charismatic. I would say definitely um, I I'd say there's um charisma there, um, there's a magnetism, there's some sophistication and some warmth.
1: definitely, all right, yeah. uh so we want to get back to the entertainers and so yes. forth uh, basically we're all living off social media now mm-hmm. for our advertising purposes mm-hmm. uh what can you help us with in that regard, because you know a lot of first of all, there are. A ton of people in this community that do make their living off of their art or their entertainment Mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of people that are wanting to get to that point and they're busting their hump to be able to get to that point and then even the people that uh, you know just maybe it's a little hobby play once in a while or something they still want to be more proficient at it Mm -hmm. what are some uh, key things we could be doing in that regard
2: well, I think uh, so. Regarding social media, you have to pick which platform makes sense for you. You know, some people mm-hmm. if they're if they're um, maybe they're a, some type of designer or whatever, it's more visual. They're going to want to show up more on Instagram. You know, if they're um, if they need to do a little bit more video, videos, short clip videos, they're going to use YouTube more. So I think pick your platform, and that's going to drive how you're going to market yourself. But again, being consistent, making sure your graphics all look consistent, look professional, not mm-hmm. homemade, um, you know, using kind of a consistent color palette, um, you know, and just pay, pay attention to what your posts and own a hashtag. I think people forget uh, see, about that. Own a hashtag. That's my fault.
1: I, I am bad on that one.
2: Create a hashtag that you always use and that people can find you and then you just start you know plaster that thing everywhere every okay. social media I'll, up,
1: I'll take that one to heart for sure
2: every social media place yeah you you own a hashtag um
1: consistency though i love that, it's, That's you, one have thing that I you have to be consistent you have to
2: post consistently you have to you know just how you're showing up the photos you take that you post um you know just pay attention to kind of be strategic about it um, but yeah, I mean, you don't have to post every day, but come up with some type. So, hey, I always know Dave's going to show up on Mondays and Thursdays on Facebook or something, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's just set some time of expectation, right? I'm on it daily, so people expect right. something from me almost every day. Are you still
1: doing the <laughs> ooh, ooh TD?
2: Yeah, the outfit, outfit of, of the, the day. day? <laughs> I started doing that through... Well, that um, was during
1: the pandemic you started, The there, pandemic,
2: wasn't? because, again, people were just not... I was reading so much like, Oh, I'm in my yoga pants or sweats and t shirts and hey, that's fun for a week. But I just didn't allow myself to do that. So I dressed up every day, just like I was still going to work. I dressed up, started taking outfits of the day, and then it kind of inspired people yeah. to kind of dress up and I enjoyed it and it was um you know, it's hey. That's well,
1: you definitely have fun with what you do. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, but to also, you know, uh, branding and imaging, that mm-hmm. is a, a, a very serious thing. If uh, someone would like to use your services, uh, what should they do?
2: Well, they can go to my website if they want to do that. And that's imagepowerplay.com. Put it out there, so, yeah. Yeah, they can go to my website, and there's um, a connection to all my social media posts there as well. Um, they can reach out to me. I'm on Facebook quite a bit. So I have um, Image Power Play on Facebook or Sheila Moore Anderson on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. But I go to my website. That's probably the easiest.
1: All right. Fantastic. And, uh, and then I have a lots book. of. Oh, yes, that's I have right. My, I, have I have a
2: book. They can go to Amazon. So my book is called I See You. Uh, The Comprehensive Guide to Breathing Life Back into Your Personal Brand. So the I is for intentional, C is for consistent, and U is for being you. So you Mm -hmm. can order that on Amazon.
1: What's the most important thing you've learned in your journey of being an image consultant?
2: Uh, Consistency, right? Consistency and confidence.
1: Oh, confidence too. Yeah, true um because there's so many negative things that come out mm-hmm. and so forth but uh, you know you really have to remember first of all who are you doing whatever you're doing who are you doing that for right are you doing it for that person you no know, uh, there are bad customers you know we're we're all under this belief that customers always right and so forth yeah. well first of all no uh, but the second of all you don't have to please everybody right
2: know your customers right. right i mean that's like marketing 101 yeah right to figure out who your customer avatar is and then just speak to that avatar right and, and show up for that avatar and what are their pain points and what are your solutions for them
1: All right. You mentioned earlier that you love country music, but when you go out and about, what do you like to take in for arts and entertainment?
2: I love, um, well, I love live music, but I also enjoy, um, you know, I love plays. I really enjoy that. So I, I enjoy my time at the different theaters around town and seeing the different different plays. Um, I did some acting in high school. Okay. Um, I took some modeling courses where I learned how to do some improv. I'm not good at it. (laughs) But I appreciate it, right? I I appreciate that talent that people have and and to make people laugh. So I think that's um I think improv is fun or comedy Mm -hmm. I enjoy. But a live performance is, you know, my my favorite entertainment. And I get chills. Yeah.
1: All right. And a final question then any other hobbies that you have?
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, I still love to decorate and okay. I don't get paid for it. I just love to do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the segment when you were on the Living a, a few months yes. back where uh, you were setting the table
2: yes entertaining
1: yes very such good a that lost was fun. art right it People is like yeah
2: home entertaining well of course we couldn't do that for a while yeah. but now it's I'm
1: like we we got any plastic tubs to put that mix in <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah so i think uh, you know a hobby for me is i still love interior design and i kind of dabble in it and like, oh, good yeah uh, enjoy that
1: all right well speaking of enjoy i've enjoyed uh, getting to know you more sheila and uh look forward to uh down the road uh, seeing some more creativity in, in things that you've been working on, maybe another book or something?
2: Y- yes, I have my that, outline for my second book. Oh, the outline's right. Yeah, it's Excellent. done. Excellent. <laughs> we
1: love hearing that. But uh, thank you so much for being on the Dave Holly Hour. It was a pleasure.
2: Well, thank you so much, and it was just a joy talking to you. I appreciate Likewise. the opportunity. Likewise.
1: And we'll be back with more of the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment.
4: Hi, my name is Jesse Moffitt and I'm not a piano player. I'm a comic magician and hypnotist. I've been performing for over 20 years. I have performed at many events, corporate events, holiday parties, post-prom parties, graduation parties, state and county fairs, festivals, just about anything you can imagine. The funniest thing about the magic MagicDact is that I use a ton of audience participation and that can make things really interesting. Put it down the front of your shirt. Stop being so I'm not, my hand won't follow. The best thing about the hypnosis show is that the volunteers
0: and their imaginations really make it a blast.
4: Holy crap, dude, did you see what you just did? You could do that possibly to girls.
0: For booking information, go to Jesse Moffitt Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Or call 605 605-
2: A Sioux Falls Stage Awards Special Distinction For Promoting the Arts Here is Dave Holley
1: Welcome back everybody As I always say it is always a pleasure To bring you Arts and Entertainment Conversations and looking forward to this one Uh, These two gentlemen are in a band, the Insiders Band. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And uh, one of them I'm meeting for the first time. They're both first-time guests. But one of them is somebody I've known for at least 20 years now. So we've got Ray Pearson. Nice to meet you, Ray.
3: Nice to meet you. Appreciate it. And
1: then we have Mr. Darren Mathis. How are you?
4: Doing well, thanks for asking.
1: 20 years, wow. I know it. And, you know, the thing is, um, Tom Brady... Just came out of retirement. And if I'm not mistaken, one time when I was worship leader and you were a a band member, uh, and it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I said, and also featuring our very own Tom Brady. Yeah.
4: Yeah. The yeah, Ganger I've thing. heard that a few times in the past, not so much lately. I don't uh, know. Maybe I'm not aging as gracefully <laughs> as Tom Brady is.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing that I always tell people, you know, great for Tom Brady that the man at that age can be that athletic yet. Um, I always tell people when it comes to, you know, you know, athletics are great, have nothing against them. But if you're in art and entertainment, you can go a lot longer in life with that. You can, That's right. you can still play drums at uh, at your age. And Ray, what do you play?
3: I play keyboards and keyboards, uh, guitar and, and guitar, vocals. Yeah,
1: and uh, you've been doing that for more than a year or so?
3: 50 years this year. <laughs> 50 <laughs> this years
1: this year. Last week, believe it or oh, not. Oh, wow. Congratulations, yeah, man. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're here to talk about your band, The Insiders. And uh, Darren uh, got here a little early, and we were chit-chatting, catching nice. up. And uh, he was giving me a little bit of insight as to how the insiders got together let's let's hear your version of this as to how the insiders
0: came to be
3: well the insiders goes back it's uh back into probably the range of 77 1977 time frame so now we're working on our uh, eighth album i've got together with darren here in january and we're pretty excited uh he's an amazing drummer he's got some great ideas for recording and it just paired up perfectly with a couple other fellows that we have and uh I wrote the songs there this fall, and we got together, and uh, we're working at it hard. should be done in a couple weeks.
1: Well, look forward to that. Darren at the
3: helm, doing all the recording and mixing and mastering, putting it together for us.
1: All right, so you brought me a a couple of CDs, uh, The Insiders, Unwind.
3: Yeah, that album was probably around the 2009-2010 frame, and it was recorded various places all over the country, uh, Seattle out in California, and then... uh, uh, mike dresh helped us with that album this last album is probably a couple of years old uh, that was done entirely over to mike dresh's studio and it was, okay uh, uh, same mm-hmm. bass player yeah. that's with us rick uh, Clavo, and then uh, different drummer and uh, guitar player all okay. right. i did all the guitar and keyboards yeah
1: what uh, got you into music for uh we
3: you know i i had the background in the music in the high school marching band and all that and uh i'm just uh, met up some fellows in high school, and uh, we just started playing and doing the weekend dances and went from there. I played in a couple of the local bands that were pretty prominent in the early 70s, and, and we were uh, inducted in Hall of Fame this year, the Felix Band. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, that's right after I left Felix, then I started writing music for the Insiders.
1: Okay. And uh, what's it take to make an album now? You know, obviously, there, there it's a different approach than uh because of all the technology that's available to people uh you know on the internet just to, in software and so forth versus uh say you know the first album you ever recorded
3: well the first albums uh, we did uh primarily on an eight track will prines here was in sioux falls here at creative communications we did it on his eight track one of his first machines and, and then later on went back when he had a 24 track and that was pretty involved albums uh, now uh you know, if you've got that talent there, that you can work with computers, and Darren does. He's very good at it, and he's got a good ear, and um, he's taken the software to the to to the limit, very limit. Uh, I think you've done a great job with what you have. It's, you know, you can work with Pro Tools. You can work with uh, what what system are you currently using over there?
4: Cakewalk.
3: Cakewalk, and uh, he's he's got it, pushed it right to the very end, and getting some great great tones on it. And knows what he's doing.
1: Darren, what's
4: mm-hmm. been your most favorite part of working with this guy? Uh, mainly just the hanging out, I guess. Yeah. Well,
1: that seems to be a common theme for uh, musicians when when they get together. It's just like, wow, you know, this is great. Just just hanging, jam yeah. a little bit, and so forth. I mean, talk about lyrics or all talk my about friends.
4: Lyrics. Yeah, yep. All my friends seems like over the years that I. Uh, meet with regularly or you know, tend to be mus- musicians just because I have we have a lot in common. But uh, my favorite part of this particular project, aside from meeting together, we've been doing it weekly for quite a while. Yeah, uh, is just hearing the music take shape. Uh, my friend Bill Hogan, who introduced me to Ray, uh, also is playing with this on this project and he brought ray over and ray just kind of plugged in and started laying down these tracks that were complete a most for the most part and i think he just has a lot of music in his head and is pretty was- prolific and i told him well i was going to miss it once we were done with this but it sounds like he'll probably be cooking up some new tunes if he hasn't already been. <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> now we'll uh we'll keep it going we gotta we're gonna to try to get out and do some playing this summer, and uh, talking with some of the various uh, events that are coming up, and I think we'll have a a small roster. We're, you know, we're a real small nucleus. We we live off of our friends. You know, it's it, that's our core of our our following, if you want to call it that. Um, we don't get out and play the bars as much. We used we've played a lot of the. Various things have come up. We were, I think, one of the first bands to play Jazz Fest when I was at the zoo of all places back in 91. And uh, first rock band to to play original music right here over at the Orpheum Theater. So we've done a lot of things over the years. And now with Darren coming aboard, we're gonna try to keep that going and keep that nucleus of a couple hundred friends and family.
1: Well, I know, Ray, that you've been in a lot of bands uh, that uh, were cover bands and so forth. Uh, How do you describe what you do now with the insiders
3: well we are totally original band uh for the most part i think uh 99 of the music is original stuff that i've wrote now uh, with bill coming into the band uh him and i sat down and wrote a song and and uh it, you know every musician's brought their part you know darren brings his drum tracks too and he's brought a lot of ideas he's playing some guitar on the album too so there's uh but we primarily play original rock and roll that's blues influenced uh we did do an instrumental jazz album back in 91 and uh and we've had some instrumental uh, jazz and flues on some of the other the unwind album has some of that on there and uh this will be number eight yeah you know, one we're working on
1: yeah. and uh so so what comes to you first does something pop in your head musically or is it the lyrics that hit you first when you start writing i
3: think uh you know i'm primarily a keyboard player but uh i do write all the music on probably 99 percent of it on acoustic guitar believe it or not and i just start working out chords and uh from there uh the lyrics come together and uh, that's how it how it rolls i've wrote probably maybe a half dozen of the songs primarily just on keyboards there is some instrumental things and that uh you know i had that background in the and sat down and did it that way but most of the songs are come from acoustic guitar and then go into a rock phase and they're blues influenced
1: darren uh when it comes to drumming uh, is it just a matter of well whatever they decide in terms of a genre that they want to go with i'll put it down i'll I'll start hitting the skins
4: yeah start hitting the skins i guess it's like a cumulative effect of every thing you've run into has some sort of effect on what you play, but I was telling Ray, uh, I mean, what's on the recordings right now was so early on. And I was like, "Eh, I'm going to redo all this stuff later, (laughs) but then you get some time between you and it and you can't remember where you messed up anymore (laughs) or you thought you messed up and you're like, "Eh, this isn't too bad. And, uh, yeah maybe I'll keep some of this stuff (laughs) you know I don't know if I could play it any better now anyway because it was so fresh and you're just reacting at the time you know Uh, I think there's some value to that as as opposed to calculating everything and planning over planning you know I kind of like the idea of uh just reacting to it
1: Ray who do you look up to as a great songwriter what are what are the inspirations you have
3: well lately it's been a lot of the you know the foo fighters uh, material that has mm-hmm. been really he's he's really brought a modern day rock and roll feel to it um you know i liked a lot of the you know a lot of the blues artists back then uh um you know i, I was a big santana fan other than my music doesn't have a lot of uh santana feel to it but i enjoyed a lot of that and uh I don't know if I really have any one-off songwriters that i followed. Big into the Crosby, Stills, and Nash because I grew up in the 70s. So I enjoyed a lot of the Graham Nash and those guys. Those guys are fabulous songwriters.
4: You got your uh, Foo Fighters tickets, did you say? Yes, I
1: do. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Fun band. I remember one of the radio stations I worked at in my long string actually played him so oh yeah nice. uh, that's somebody i'm familiar with finally you know yeah. uh, but uh, when it comes to uh especially writing new rock and roll then what do you think makes it versus doesn't
3: probably originality you know um there again uh the foo fighter stands out i mean there's really not a lot of real true rock and roll rap bands anymore like that I know we still see sticks out playing, and they're putting their albums out. But I don't think we have a radio stations that are really catering to that. But um, that's a, that's kind of a tough one. Yeah, to regrettably, right. that's
1: the situation. Yes. Yeah. What would you like to see changed that would to make that happen?
3: I'd like to see that's that's a very good that's a very good one. These these stations that are called classic rock take it to the next level take those bands that are still classic rock bands putting albums out mm-hmm. and maybe give them the opportunity and mix it in with some of the blues and some of the new material. You know, the, I think those stations need to take it one more level instead of just playing the same songs that they play all the time.
1: Yeah. Controlled by that groups and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Darren, what are your thoughts on uh, what it needs to get back to uh, a good rock and roll?
4: Well, I think you can find that kind of stuff You know, obviously, uh, you don't hear a lot of it, like Ray said, on the mainstream, but, you know, searching on YouTube and I'm always keeping my ear open for people have their little groups that somehow they found someplace, you know, you know, how many groups are out there that you've never heard of that you'd probably love. But then how do you find them? You know, get on YouTube and do some random searches and things like that, or just keep your ears open. Get, getting back to it yeah it's just originality you know whatever the next Jimi hendrix comes along you know i'm wondering what the next big phase in music will be that's uh very original obviously we had the uh we had jimmy hendrix and then we had uh, t-pain auto-tune no i'm just kidding this <laughs> didn't really go like that in that order but
1: <laughs> close <laughs> you,
4: you have people that uh, are very memorable you know Yeah.
1: Because Ray, I'm I'm with you. You know, I, I still like to listen to Sticks putting things out, and yeah. I, I like when I hear that. Uh, you know, my playlist for the most part is uh, probably going to include Sticks, the Eagles, uh, maybe a little Boston, a uh, little River Band, you know, and and things along that line. And I do love it when they come out and play. But uh, in terms of you know personally for me, I don't listen to a lot of new music. Because I don't even know where to start on it and so forth, but I, I have found one, Saint Paul and the Broken Bones. Have you heard of them?
3: No, oh, I've checked that out. Yeah, that uh,
1: they're they're kind of a, a southern rock, uh, southern blues, and so forth out of Alabama, and uh, I I like their stuff, and they got some horns in it too. Uh, but uh, yeah, they put it out there, Saint Paul. St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Okay. Yeah, look Sounds it up. Good. Google it, search it on Spotify or, or Apple or whatever. Uh, so, uh, Darren, what got you into music to begin with?
4: Uh, I used to go to the big Spider Beck Festival in Davenport, Iowa with my parents. I was like in high school, youngest kid in these bars where <laughs> these awesome Dixieland bands played. Uh, no, most notably, my favorite was the Black Dog Jazz Band from Kissimmee, Florida, mm-hmm. and they were just like a rock and roll band. They were like the Van Halen of, uh, <laughs> of Dixieland <Love> bands <laughs> in terms of skill and just the way they got a crowd going. And the drummers always had these awesome solos, in particular in that band. So yeah, that made me want to play drums. Did, okay. Did you start with drums then? And then picked up the guitar? Yeah. Okay. But in the school system, in my day, they made you take piano, piano before you right. could take drums. That
1: was very standard. I
4: think, Ray, you said you had to do that, too? Did you? Have to take? No, no, you didn't I, take drums. My, uh,
3: my, uh, I have family members that are doing that. Oh, yeah. Children Yeah. You. Yeah, I think you mentioned something yep. about that. Yep. Had to take piano? Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep. No, yeah, started with, with drums. And, and how so, did
1: it progress from well, the drums and then the going to over to play a little guitar To you being in a
4: variety of bands, oh, just uh, like probably like I said, just that was one thing that uh, always connected with other musicians, Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed that. You know, we all have our hobbies and interests that draw us to other people. I think that's a big thing. That's a big part of it. Um, and then just yeah, I I don't know if you can control your passions. You know, it's (laughs) like I, I teach guitar and drums, and mentioned to the parents every once in a while things like that where it's like well you can only do so much as far as getting a student to practice they're gonna have to have some passion of Mm -hmm. of their own and how do you you can do things to foster that but i think it's got to come from that person or from you know some divine nature or something like that but uh, i'm not sure you know i didn't really choose you know what do you choose of your interests that's the question i'm posing
1: and, and that is your full-time gig now, right? Uh, is teaching, uh, teaching guitar and drums. Yeah. Yep. Good yeah, for you. Right. So let's let's give you a chance to get a free plug in then. If somebody wants uh, you to uh, instruct their child, or maybe they want instruction themselves. Yeah. yeah. What do they need to do to get in touch with you? Yeah.
4: I've had students of all ages. Had a, a lady uh, a couple summers ago who was 85, and uh, she wanted some instruction on the drums, and she actually introduced me to a lot of funk music. So I created a Spotify that's funk awesome. funk playlist based on stuff she was telling me is that I'd never heard before. It was awesome. Yeah, but uh, they can reach me on the on the web, darrenmathis.com. dot uh, com. Just type in Darren Mathis drums or whatever on Google. Yeah, spell out Darren out. and spell out Mathis. Yeah, D A R R E N M A T T H E S. Yeah, that, that's
1: always you know things like that, like Baker with two K's okay that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so ray what was the impetus that uh hit your head and said i want to be a musician i want to write
3: tunes actually it was a mini course class in washington high school really in 1971 72 and uh you know we were already there was uh, another fellow here from here in sioux falls uh played guitar and sang and then uh i went over and i was playing his father's organ and uh in the front room, and we get together and just play. And uh, they had a mini course at Washington High, and we all went there and sat and listened to uh, musicians talk. And and it just kind of him and I stayed at it, and uh, we're playing. We played played for all the you know the high school dances there until we got out of high school. And then actually uh, that first year, uh, right around the college time, I started writing songs, and I was down at the U and met some other local musicians. So I think we stayed at it I, at that time I was playing keyboards mainly playing i I play the hammond B3 kind of a rare item right that is very stayed. cool yeah So <laughs> I still have my hammond B3 that's my favorite instrument uh, I play guitar also.
1: Do you remember the first song you played in public where you got paid?
3: uh Fire and Rain by uh, James Taylor we, that wow. was the, we played the Brandon out of Brandon High School for their uh, one of their sock hops or something we played that. <laughs> <laughs> and we played various shows. Little parties around town here. and Yeah, just playing songs like that that were on the radio.
1: Darren, how about for you?
4: First
1: first time you got paid? (laughs) Yeah, it was was with uh,
4: the Saints Dixieland Band with my my high school choir teachers. I wasn't in choir, but he Uh got me to play drums with his Dixieland Band. And I got $35. We played in Green, Iowa. And uh, I remember me playing a bossa nova beat to a song i don't know why i was but one of the band members looked at the other and said i didn't know the song was a bossa nova and i mean that was among the embarrassing various things i learned from that gig (laughs) but uh, it was great ray what's the most fun you've ever had on
1: stage
3: um i would say believe it or not either playing down at terrace park we used to play there every summer Mm -hmm. quite a bit or uh, definitely the Orpheum Theater. We played there yeah. in the 81 or 82, uh, rented out the theater and played with a band uh, called M80. John Simpson, uh, his band played and our band played. A uh, local guy that used to put together shows, uh, Lynn Peterson, yeah, he, mm-hmm. he, he put together a lot of shows for us and, and has been very prominent and always helping us try to stay on the original platform. You know i played in the cover bands on the side but i always tried to bring it back to the insiders when i could and get out and play with them
1: how many bands you played with throughout oh, the i don't
3: know probably 20 25 around yeah. town all the local play on the weekends type of thing there again uh you know i guess i think if i had my choice i would have would have liked to state it playing the original music just to do that mm-hmm. there's only been one or two really uh, original bands in this area and i've always been pretty admired them you know the Rich Show and has been at it for years, and I, and uh, also the Zwarte, you know, uh, they uh, did a lot for the Sioux Falls music scene.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, what is it that keeps you going?
3: Uh, the friends that I have here, and the you know that the folks that enjoy the, the the music that I give out the CDs to, and the and now like you know meeting Darren and uh, Bill Hogan and Rick Labu that are, we're playing together here, and I think that's what keeps it going. Where we sit down and write the songs. And it's more than just the music. It's the friendship of the getting together and hanging out. I mm-hmm. enjoy that a lot. It's so
1: uh, when you're not uh, entertaining or creating, what do you like to be entertained by?
3: Um, are you talking music or just enjoying life? Enjoying life. Uh, I like uh, car racing a lot. Auto really? Racing, yeah. Okay. I like my car racing.
1: Like, like. Uh, NASCAR or Indy? I like the what, old
3: sprint car racing. is good. Okay. And then uh, I have an old hot rod, street rod. And we get out, my wife and I and enjoy that. Spend time with my grandkids, my family, and I got two big dogs.
1: <laughs> what breed?
3: German Shepherds. Huh? Yeah.
1: Excellent choice. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, Darren, how about uh, for you? When you're not uh, being part of the entertainment scene,
3: yeah,
4: what hey, do you like? Hanging out with my family. Mm-hmm. I'm married uh married and have two daughters. How and old are they now? 16 and 18. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah. their
1: baptisms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great.
4: Time does fly, and we have a dog now pepper she is a she looks like a back black lab, but she 's a Chesapeake bay retriever and bulldog. Ooh so quite the combo yeah that's (laughs) right yeah so she keeps us busy all right well well thank you
1: guys appreciate you coming in and uh, talking about the insiders and uh, ray you said you've got a few things on the docket uh, for the summer then for the band i
3: think we're going to try to get some few things together and play we don't have anything down in concrete stone i was trying to get to that point but we didn't but uh we'll get that spend some time with our family and try to pull in uh, new family members uh it's always fun to my, my boys all play music and uh, I want to try to get out and enjoy some of their things. I think you had my son on there, Mike Pearson with his band. Yes, yeah, I did. And, That's uh, right. And then my other son's out in Seattle. Yeah. And I got a daughter that uh, has our grandsons, both of our grandsons very involved with music. So we're going to be try to, try to bring some of those guys in and play too, you know, enjoy all right. it.
1: And then if uh, somebody wants to hire the insiders,
3: what should they do? Well, you can always get a hold of us. Uh, you know, I have a, insiders band uh, facebook you can you can do okay. facebook through there um and then contact us through that and see if we can play and uh i have you know we have a we have our uh, it's a studio cat with a k99 at yahoo <laughs> at gmail if you want to send us an email and uh said so if we have something else, we sure come play all right. I always like to play some type of uh, event, uh, fundraisers, that
1: type of thing. Well, looking forward to going out and see you guys live uh, sometime yeah. this summer as well. Yeah. Darren Mathis, great to see you again.
4: Yeah, good to see you, yeah. Dave.
1: And uh, Ray Pearson, a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure and uh, meet you. Sure thank you it. for getting in contact with me to let me know about the Insiders so that we can get you on the show and talk about it. So thank you both for coming in and being on the Dave Holly Hour. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. And we'll be back to wrap up the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment.
0: From the Dipsy Doodle Studios at the world headquarters of Big D Entertainment, a 40-square-foot home studio in the middle of America, it's Dave Holly.
1: Thanks again for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. Thank you to my great guest, Sheila Anderson. What a beautiful person she is. Just a blast to talk with. We could have gone on for hours. And also Ray Pearson. Man, that man can write some songs. And Darren Mathis. Enjoy playing uh, drums. He's been doing it for a long time. Glad that uh, he's now making a living by teaching drums and guitar. And, of course, to the man that put the R in R wine bar, Ricardo Terrabelsi. Yes, make your way down to R wine bar. They always have great things going on there, including lots of live jazz. Uh, and uh, as well... That's where we record, oh, about 95% of our shows now. We get those conversations on Monday afternoons. It's a little quieter time. But still, guess what? I have a couple of glasses of Merlot along with it. All right. The calendar for moi, I kind of pass that along at the end of the show typically. Tonight, Midtown Coffee Radio Hour live recording. Again, 7 p.m., Augustana University. I almost said college there. Augustana University Commons the Morrison Commons and then in that on that main level is the back alley former bowling alley actually wow in fact I think my wife learned how to bowl there when she went to Augie for a while uh, but otherwise it's been a bit of a busy week here in the Dipsy Doodle Studios at the Big D Entertainment so gonna be doing some resting the rest of the weekend I don't know how long that'll last <laughs> because I'm sure that you will find us being me my wife and our uh, uh, cohorts, that we'll find something to go to along the way, and you do the same. As a sticker for Arts South Dakota says, "Home is where the art is." Remember, I'm Dave Holly, and for me, every day is
0: a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by the Sky Lounge and Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Ale Hot Brewery Tours, and Jesse Muppet Entertainment. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, go to DaveHollyHour.com. At the bottom of the front page is the additional links section. Click on the orange button Dave Holly on Linktree. You can order merchandise, become a Dave Holly Hour VIP, and make contributions to the show. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening.